Hello, and welcome to For the Plot Podcast, where you'll learn how to live your best life like the book characters you love. Because let's face it, reading is sexy. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast, For the Plot. Hello. Casey and Katie here, of course. Um, Yeah, chapter six. It's exciting. It's getting good. (laughs) Um, It's our first like podcast episode recording in two different spaces. So we're currently on Zoom. It's It's interesting, but so far it's so good. Yeah, so far so good. I feel weird though, because I'm like, you're not in the same room as me. I miss you. (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely very weird. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, we're going to do our best, but yeah, so as we always begin every episode, what are we currently reading? Yes, I'm excited. So I think I mentioned this last week, maybe not, but I'm reading Secretly Yours by Tessa Bailey. And I'm about halfway through and I, it's just good. It's just like a lighthearted squeal, kick your feet up in the air type romance, like grumpy sunshine. I'm really enjoying it. I love the grumpy sunshine antidote. I've never heard yes. of that before. Is that a romance? Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a well-known trope. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm ignorant to the tropes. Um. <laughs> no, all good. You learn something new every day. You really do. Um, yeah, so <laughs> what about I, you? I actually finished A Man's Search for Meeting this morning. I read for like two hours. Mm-hmm. It's really lovely. Um, 10 out of 10 recommend. Like, I think it's oh, the best good. book. Okay, well, now that I've read this year, because I've read a lot of good books this year, but definitely up there. Like, definitely going to read it. I have to update my Goodreads. This actually just reminded me. I'm thinking I'm going to rate it five stars. It was super good. Um, the first, So it's 160 pages. The first 90, which is a lot, to be honest, is all about his experience with Auschwitz which was very mm-hmm. like towards the end like I read I mean I was on like page 40 when I started this morning and then I finished it so like I had like 50 more pages to get through of like his experience with Auschwitz which was like as someone who's super That's heavy it was heavy and hard but really good because then the like last two chapters it's like broken up to three sections I guess the last two sections were like what he took away from Auschwitz and like how he's done this whole new like existentialist theory of like philosophy and like all the stuff so I really enjoyed that um I didn't pick a new book but I think I'm going to start like I was kind of rereading it last week which kind of goes with my life updates um but I'm going to reread Some of Us Are Very Hungry Now by Andre Perry mm-hmm. when and I got the pleasure to meet him last week <laughs> yeah it was very cool I literally was fangirling I was like oh my gosh um so Andre Perry was a graduate from the University of Iowa's writing program and I think he's a nonfiction writer. Um, I mean, I wrote his, like, some of us are very hungry now. It was a nonfiction book he wrote full of essays. And it's just so good because, I mean, it is about the writing program at Iowa, so I could relate a lot to it, but it's also, like, deals with race. Um, he is a Black man, so it's just really interesting hearing his perspective on, like, going to a predominantly white university um, and all the things that go along with that. And it's just he uses vernacular language so eloquently which like yeah great you're a writer like as you should but the way he like reclaims like racist slurs and things very inspiring I'm just he's really incredible and the fact that we got to meet him (laughs) will live in my brain forever like I had him he signed your book yeah yeah I was like can you I was like I actually wrote a paper on this book my sophomore year um that's living my dream as a writer so you're (laughs) basically the coolest person ever I would like dream person to come on the pod honestly We'll put that in the works. That'll be way maybe back. it will happen. Back burner, but anyways, yeah, that's that's kind of in tandem together. But 
Yeah, we wanted to incorporate something kind of new. I mean, we talked about it when we first read the podcast about like what we would talk about every time and we kind of forgot about it. But Katie Comp, I think you have some new book news for us. I do. So this last Tuesday, one of my favorite authors released a new book and it's the last book in a trilogy very excited. She's one of those authors that if I ever see her, she's also in other books outside of this trilogy. If I go to a bookshop and see her name on a new book, I will immediately buy it without reading the back cover. I have like probably five of those authors and she's one of them. But yeah, it's called One of Us is Back. And I'm just so excited. It's just, it's a um, mystery book. Yeah. I it's, it's just, it's a good time. So I'm excited to buy it and read it. Excited. Yeah, we, that's why also we do release the podcast every Tuesday because a new book is released every Tuesday. So just a little in the note quirk about the pod <laughs> for those who care. Um, I have no book news, but go read Andre Perry. He's amazing. Any other life updates, Katie Comp? I officially moved out of my home in Iowa City slash out of Iowa City Yes, back home. So that that was a lot, a lot of moving. My my room that I'm in right now is just full of boxes and suitcases and very hectic. So after this, I'm going to try, start organizing. Good. That'll make you feel better. Yeah. That's I'm excited because I also, I love organizing, to be quite honest, but True. it just I needs to be done also. Actually, like today, honestly, I was like listening to a podcast, going on my little hawker walk, which part of my life update, I literally fell on my face. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so my like both my knees were like busted. <laughs> I'm just Did you just like, trip? Yeah, I don't know. And you know I walk so fast, but it was like yeah. people so I just got up and turned around and like walked the other way. I was like, I'm not dealing with embarrassment is disease. I know, but I was like, if I keep walk I don't know. I just like I usually trip a little bit, but like to be on my like like I Hopefully yeah. fall down. <laughs> yeah, I like fully fell fell down. Um, but you know, we all need to be humble sometimes. I'm sharing this so y'all yeah. not to be embarrassed because YOLO. Yeah, both my knees are bleeding. Um, put some band-aids on them. I was like, it's a great day. Um, but yeah, I was actually like, on my walk though. I was like thinking about how excited I was to like reorganize and like to de- like decorate my new apartment in Paris. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what it looks like, but I already know this like cute little store in Paris that like has really cool like candles and like decor and like cool bathroom stuff and like probably like a french press coffee maker i was like i'm just so excited i want to go to like the flea markets on the weekends and get some like teacups and really live this like classy french girl lifestyle so i was literally like thinking about how i'm gonna like make my life like more like elegant elevated and then i fell on my ass you know it takes you to tango it's okay but yeah think of my like new era of like elegance is kind of like my word i'm trying to like really cultivate i dyed my hair I'm now brunette. <laughs> and it looks so good. It's a whole new era for me. I'm really excited. I just like felt like I needed a change. And I've been blonde, like platinum blonde for about three years. And I just was like, that just feels so much more college to me. And I also like wanted to be able to have the opportunity to like really distinguish myself from my college years and like know that she'll always be a part of me. But now I'm like, I'm a Paris girl. I'm moving on from college. I can like, then I, when I like want to on to maybe old habits that weren't so good for me I can be like mm, that was old Casey that was blonde Casey mm-hmm. now we're mm-hmm. brunette Casey so she's apparently falling on sidewalks but you know it's okay old it's Casey. all about balance yeah truly I have no balance so that's the problem <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding it was a humbling yeah. experience but you know say la vie as the French say but yes 
on to today's topic. Um, we're back with another reading episode. This one's going to be more actually about reading. So if people, people want that, we're giving what the people want. Um, we're talking about the books that changed our lives. Katie Comp and I have both talked about like historically growing up as like strong readers, but then we kind of thought of this episode as a good way to like, what really got us into reading from different ages, kind of like really talking about that, like bookworm aesthetic of how we became the bookworms we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we each picked like books that were part of our core memories um, from when we were like little and realized reading as a monumental activity and hobby and probably the best thing in the world. So yeah, I'm excited for this episode and this topic, but it's also as like earlier today when I was trying to write down what are those books that changed my life, mm-hmm. I found it very difficult to do so. And so these, at least how I structured it, are books that had like pivotal changes in um, like reading Mm -hmm. for me. And I just know there's so many more books that have lenses to look through. So I I just found it very difficult. But I'm also I I do love this topic. And it was great to look back and see what were those first few books that I really got into. And like, how did my reading taste get to how it is today? Yeah, it is really interesting to like, it was hard for me too, because we narrowed it down to like four to five books. I didn't really fully adhere to that. I kind of just like grouped them together. Mm-hmm. Like series that really impacted my childhood and things like that. Um, but yeah, like if I, I mean, there's like a long list of books I could say that changed my life. I feel like I kind of like, I, I completely agree with you. Every time I read, I think, I think that's just like the beauty of reading is like every time I read a new book, a part of me changes either mm-hmm. for like better or for worse. And I think that's like, I love learning about, people who read and how much more likely they are to be empathetic because they take on the characters' lives and like yeah. have that world perspective. And so, I mean, like I'm a very sensitive girly as I've talked about before, but um, I think just like having that empathy, I mean, even this book about reading about this man's experience in Auschwitz, I was like, I had to put the book down like every couple pages. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I think back to when I read like American Psycho, completely different, different <laughs> genre, but having to put it down every couple of pages because it was just so gruesome. So it's just like oh. that strong sense of empathy. And like, I hated American Psycho, but I still think about it because it was just, mm-hmm. but I didn't add it to my list. Don't you yeah. Worry. And how you will like mourn for characters that are fictional mm-hmm. and- and just at least like I'll finish a book and then be thinking about these characters like you were saying it's like these they're they're fictional but they still just stay with me I always think about that movie I don't know if you're gonna know what I'm talking about I think it's called like Nim's Island but it's this girl that grows up on the island and she just reads a lot and she has like no other friends and she like the characters like come to life like the Mad Hatter and like Alice in Wonderland are like on this island but it's like the her yeah. imagination. I don't know. Like as a kid, I really resonated with her because I was like, that's literally how I feel. Like I feel like mm-hmm. when I'm reading, like these people are my friends. Mm-hmm. And it's also like why I started reading is because I had no friends growing up. I mean, I had friends, but like I actually much preferred my book friends, like the fictional mm-hmm. characters. Loved living their lives. But um yeah. You know that quote reading. that books are a way to live a thousand lives? Yes. I completely that's a really way more eloquent way of saying what I'm trying to say <laughs> no but it's yeah it's based, it's what you're saying too no, so exactly. yeah. I completely agree yeah just yeah books are friends books are a way to hold human souls and all the things mm-hmm. but I'll let you kickstart us Katie if you want to tell us okay. the first book that changed your life yes so the first one that I thought of was The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins mm-hmm. um I remember I read this in fifth grade mm-hmm and I don't know, I think I was just hearing about it. And then I was like, oh, I might as well try reading this. I don't know exactly what sparked me to choose it, but I think it was just popular. Yeah. And I remember 
my I was going to a basketball tournament and I was sitting in the back of my like parents car started reading it and just all of a sudden couldn't put it down and we like got to the basketball tournament obviously playing games here and there but then in between waiting for our next game to come like sitting on the bleachers reading it as well and then going back to school and being like sitting in class and like kind of reading under the desk and getting yelled at by the teacher. <laughs> and I also was like a goody two goody goody two shoes. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I, I didn't get in trouble in school. And yeah. so the fact that the teacher was yelling at me, that was like one of the first times I was like, oh, like so the teacher's yelling at me. But I just couldn't put it down and it was so good. Mm-hmm. And then also, so we had in fifth grade, that was the last grade in our elementary school. We had this memory book where you would fill out this questionnaire about what do you want to be when you grow up? What's your favorite color? Like just those really basic questions. And one of the questions were like, what's your favorite book? And so I put like the Hunger Games in like all capital letters and like exclamation points. And then it just so happened the day that they went to take everyone's picture to put in the book with their questionnaire question or answers yeah. i was wearing a hunger game shirt <laughs> so if you literally scroll back through this book i look like i'm obsessed with the hunger games because i'm wearing like a hunger game shirt and then all you see like i just have normal writing and all my questions but like huge hunger games <laughs> so that was just a time um well, yeah, I think this book just I went to go see the movie and get into that whole reading a book, going to see the movie, yeah. saw it in theaters and that whole experience. And then and also just getting me into dystopian series mm-hmm. like then Divergent, Maze Runner, even Twilight later on. Yeah. Um, and that was a big part of what I read when I was younger. I agree. I think like dystopian fiction was a huge part of our like generation's childhood. Yeah. And I think it really impacts Gen Z, but that's for another discussion. I don't know if that's correct. Yeah. But I, just, I, I can see that. it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's your first one? So I did this one like chronologically. So I put mm-hmm. Magic Treehouse, dot, 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 IDK, if this even counts. Oh. Yeah. I just yeah. remember in second grade, like, first of all, I remember like learning to read when I was really young, like kindergarten, maybe even some in preschool. I remember like picking out a book for my little library um, in my bedroom and like reading on my like parents' laps and like practicing reading. But mm-hmm. when it like finally clicked, like first or second grade, like, I don't really remember the actual moment, but just like that sense of freedom that came along with knowing like the books in the classroom, like I could read. And like, obviously everyone's at different reading levels at that point. And mm-hmm. I just remember feeling like the coolest bitch being able to like, I, I read all of the Magic Treehouse and it's like, it's yeah. like second grade, but I'd also like skip recess to like stay in the classroom and finish reading Magic Treehouse. Mm-hmm. Me to Magic Treehouse. I just love that they could go anywhere in time I was also like a big history girl like that was super cool to me like go back in like time learn about more things I just love the learning aspect so definitely magic yeah. House was top of my list I wrote I just mm-hmm. like maybe it was first grade I just remember like skipping recess and reading the magic tree house and they had all of them like lined yeah. up on their bookshelf and I like like would like was reading them in chronological because I had like little numbers and I wasn't mm-hmm. like, I really wanted to get to the last one that we had I can't even remember but I was just yeah, that was definitely a core part of my personality, first and second grade. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely changed your life. That's a good one. Yeah. And then I remember now, like, way past, um, I was a nanny, like, two or three years ago. 
and I was helping, um, like they were a boy that was seven, seven years old. And then his younger brother was, I think two. So in the two year old, I put him down for a nap. I would then help Bobby with his reading and okay. he, like his parents got a magic tree house. And I was like, low key, like, I mean, I was like 19 and I was like, why am I like excited to reread these with you? Like, <laughs> like I was like asking him like yeah. questions after and stuff to like help him. But I was like, this is like fun for me. <laughs> I was like, this is a break. I love yeah. Yeah, and I'm still like 19, but yeah, definitely death grip on me forever. I I, I remember reading that series. It is a really good, yeah, so fun. I like how they all kind of started the same way and ended the same way, but they just had different, right? Like where were they traveling to? Yeah, like Phineas and Ferb, but like book edition. Like it's the same plot mm-hmm. basically, but yeah, different mm-hmm. location, different summer thing they made. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my second one that I wrote down. This isn't really a book. <laughs> but Wattpad okay yeah yeah because um I to be quite honest I probably couldn't tell you any of the exact books I read on there I did read after on Wattpad mm-hmm. and that whole series but I think I'm I can't remember exactly what age I started reading Wattpad but I want to say it was in middle school mm-hmm. maybe like later middle school but I'm honestly I, I have no idea but anyways I feel like this just um introduced me to reading some like I did read a few fan fiction like after, but I think that was mainly the fan fiction. I read some Harry Potter fan fiction, but then I also got into reading, um, I don't even know what you call it, like sports romance, where it would be four like roommates or teammates in college are all, all, all on the same sports team, whether it be like hockey, football, basketball. And then each book goes over each individual person's like romance story. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, because then they're technically standalone, but if you read them in the correct order, then you'll hear about like previous couples Mm -hmm. and you get to know so many of the characters so well. And so I've read some of those books now later on, but that's like when I first saw those books Mm -hmm. and just getting into like steamier reads and romance. I think that kind of was a catalyst to my book genre interest now. So Mm -hmm. definitely a pivotal change my life moment. Yes, that. monumental. Yes. Yes. Um, my next one's like very niche and very specific. Um, it's called The Gentleman Outlaw and Me by Mary Downing Hahn. Mm-hmm. So I found this book in the library. I remember I was like in fourth grade and it just like looked cool. It was like a Western. I was like, okay, vibe. And it was like for, you know, readers of my reading group or whatever, like more advanced, but like I was in fourth grade, but I checked it out from the library multiple times in a row. Like I read it, returned it, checked it out again. I read it like probably three or four different times. And I love the storyline. Like it was, and I tried to reread it a couple of years ago, but it's like definitely like for a lower age group. So I couldn't get back into it. But I like was like, mm-hmm. what's that book? Like, so like this morning when I was like writing my notes for today, I was like Googling <laughs> Mary Downing yeah. because I was like, I remember what it was. But yeah, it's called The Gentleman Outlaw and Me. But so basically it's about like during the gold rush, this like young girl, her father is like leaves to go to like the gold rush. And then like, I think her mom passes away. She's an orphan, like the whole tragic backstory. And then she like dresses like a boy to go and try to find her dad in California. Cause like girls weren't allowed to do that, obviously. So oh, wow. like pretty feminist for me to be reading that um, in my little mm-hmm. Catholic school girl, <laughs> um, moment in, in like elementary school. Cause I went to a Catholic school. But it was just like so monumental because like, I have two older brothers and I was like, oh my gosh, she did like all the things that guys did. And I just loved that. I love that mm-hmm. like 
whole journey. And then it had a really cool twist at the ending when she does find her dad and stuff. And it was just like really wholesome. And I really liked it. But that really yeah. introduced me to Mary Downing Hahn, who then wrote like, she wrote like um, early, like elementary school, like for like above <laughs> Magic Tree House, but like below, <laughs> you know, the Hunger Games and stuff, like kind of that yeah. group. But she wrote a bunch of like scary stories. Um, mm. And I asked for Christmas that year. I was like, I want all of Mary Downing Hahn's basically books. I asked Santa. I will never forget. I woke up on Christmas morning and my like my well, Santa, I should say, would like put out the gifts <laughs> on like different locations for my brothers and I. And like I had this chair in our living room that was like always where Santa would put my toys. And this <laughs> was just books lining the chair like all over mm-hmm. it. And it was all these like scary stories. So it was like, I wrote some titles down for us. So it's like all the lovely bad ones. This was like orphans gone kind of bad ghost story. Um, Wait until Helen comes. It was so scary. It was like this creepy ghost named Helen coming to haunt these people. Deep, Dark and Dangerous was like a drowning story. Like, I don't know what I was reading. Wow. <laughs> but I loved them so much. And this was like also during like, well, this like inspired me to be in my ghost era. So then like, I was mm-hmm. like, then I became known in like fourth grade as the girl that told really good ghost stories during sleepovers. <laughs> but it was just basically me retelling Mary Downing Hahn's stories, but like mm-hmm. more small versions for like sleepovers. But I was super into like horror at this point, which is so funny because I'm like the biggest scaredy cat now. Like I do not watch horror. Yeah, this this surprises me because I just know now you know. don't want to watch a scary movie. <laughs> That's why I'm really sensitive, but. Yeah, I, like I would say I would be so scared reading them, but they were so fun. And like I retold all these stories and like me and my best friend Josie growing up, like had this like ghost friend named Michael that we like, <laughs> I, like really <laughs> using my weirdness, but I don't really care. It was so fun. Like I just loved that mm-hmm. like for me where I was just literally reading. This was like also the era. I know I mentioned this in another podcast episode where there was this really annoying guy in my carpool that was like, oh my God, he was so annoying. And my mom was just like, you should just bring a book and start reading in carpool and he can't talk to you and I was like oh my god genius so then I would be like reading and he would try to talk to me now I'd be like shh I'm reading <laughs> like in carpool put the book up <laughs> yeah literally I was like um sorry I'm busy so yeah thanks to Mary Dunning Han I reread I read all of her books in the span of a year for sure <laughs> that's amazing yeah <laughs> uh my next one is Harry Potter by J.K. Rowling yeah um just the whole series mm-hmm. I before this, so I officially, I read the first book in 11th grade. Before this, I'd seen all the movies, so I knew the gist of what happened. Really? You were in 11th grade? I thought that would be much younger. No. Wow. I'm surprised just because yeah. I love Harry Potter. I don't know why I didn't beforehand, because my mom bought the box set like when I was in middle school, and I think she wanted me to read it, but I didn't. I don't know why. Yeah. But then... One day I was in a, okay, so I was reading a lot in middle school, but then I feel like once I got to high school, it kind of stopped a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until in 11th grade, randomly went in our basement and saw the box set. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like try to read this and why not? Got obsessed. Like there was a period of my life where I was literally obsessed with Harry Potter. Yeah. Here. But so yeah, during high school, I started rereading or reading them, mm-hmm. um, would read during class just back to back to back. I would reread them a lot. I also just, then I would watch the movies and compare and see, like really seeing, oh my gosh, the books are so much better. Mm -hmm. I also then just like loved learning as much as I could about this universe. And I downloaded like Pottermore, 
where <laughs> you take like the test, like what house are you in? What's your, uh, what's your pet cat? Like, or what would you bring a cat or a toad or an owl to school and just learning all this random facts. Like there was a new fact of the day that I would love to learn. I, I just knew everything. And like, it was the Harry Potter world at Universal. Yes. But I went there like in eighth grade. Oh, so it was before. Yeah. So I did enjoy it. But yes, I need to go back now that I actually know everything. Yeah. Um, Please tell us yeah. what you're in and what would you bring a cat, mouse, or toad <laughs> to you with Hogwarts? <laughs> um, I'm Ravenclaw. Uh, yeah, love learning. Yeah. And I would bring an owl. Cute. I, yeah. I think it's a tawny owl. Is that correct? Is that a thing? I'm the Pottermore and Pottermore guru. <laughs> um, I'm also a Ravenclaw based on the test I took, and I would definitely bring a cat. Mm-hmm. She'd be all black and she'd be really cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I actually, so I think I just read the first one when I was young and then was like, cool. Watched mm-hmm. all the movies in order during COVID with my parents, which was really fun. Like I'd seen the movies, I didn't really like watch them in order. So mm-hmm. that was the first time like during COVID watching them all in order, which was cool. And then it wasn't until Katie and I became best friends and um, we were in Edinburgh, which for those who don't know, like that's where JK Rowling like wrote most of the books or all of them, like and found mm-hmm. like inspiration from like the Scottish scenery and stuff. So we were there and I was like, whoa, literally feels like I live like right by a building that looked just like Green Gots. Like it was crazy. Oh, and cool. we like, saw Tom Riddle's grave. We went on to like a Harry mm-hmm. Potter tour and we like saw that like bridge moment where like the car is flying and where like the Hogwarts Express goes over. We saw the Black Lake from, I think, the fourth movie or fourth book. Sorry. Yeah. Goblet of Fire. Yeah. So then I was inspired. And then since it's like Katie Comp's favorite, I like reread all of them. Like, I guess read them off the first time in order last summer. Yeah, and it was really fun. It was just fun because it was just like kind of like I had an internship last summer, like this summer, and it was just nice to like come home and like read something not super dense. And it was just like mm-hmm. good and fun. And then it also just like kept me connected to Scotland, which I enjoyed. So definitely not as intense as you, but <laughs> you definitely inspired me to read because it was also cool because you got that one in Scottish, right? Or like Gaelic, which. Oh, yeah. When we went on the Harry Potter tour. There was a gift shop and they had the first Harry Potter book in Scottish dialect. Mm-hmm. So it's it's technically English and but it's just, you know, uh, Scottish people have very thick accents. Mm-hmm. So they would spell it how it sounds when they say certain words. Right. And I, d- I did end up reading the whole thing. But I honestly think I could only get through it and understand what was happening because I've read the first book so many times that I basically know it by memory because yeah. it was it was just very difficult to right. maybe we'll post like the first few sentences just to see what it looks like because it's hard to explain yeah. how they spell certain words to make it Definitely. be in that Scottish dialect. Yeah. Well that reminds me like I've reread The Great Gatsby a bazillion times. So when I went to Paris and studied abroad there this past winter, I bought and I guess I brought it because I'd already got it but I brought Le Gatsby Magnifique which is the great Gatsby in French and it took mm-hmm. me like a full month to get through even though I know the story like by memory and like by heart it's just different like reading I mean a little different like that was a full different language but still mm-hmm. like because it's the same same premise where like I knew the story really well yeah. it's like what they recommend when you read a story like a book in a different language like pick something you know really well but yeah very difficult so I was impressed when you mm-hmm. read that of Harry Potter but yeah she she definitely mm-hmm. loves Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm definitely not as obsessed as I used to be, mm-hmm. but still just holds like a dear place in my heart and I will always love it. Yeah, as it should. My favorite like 
Oh my gosh. Um, one of my friend's younger sisters was super into Harry Potter, like when she was like nine, 10, 11. Um, and on her 11th birthday, she cried because she didn't get her Hogwarts letter. And we had to like explain to her that Hogwarts is a fictional place. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she like, like, and so funny, she'll tell the story now and she's like, yeah, my worst birthday was my 11th birthday because I didn't get my Hogwarts letter. And I'm like, so true, queen. <laughs> yeah. That would be heartbreaking. Yeah. So at least you read it later. Cause I think if you were younger, you might've been like, wait, what? <laughs> I probably would have. <laughs> yeah. As it should be. Okay. So then, okay. My next one is like very, it's like basically exactly what you said. So I put like series, Hunger Games, Divergent, and then Champion by Mary Lou. Those are all like, um, Mm-hmm. um the like utopian dystopian not utopian dystopian like fiction books that we all read um i was super into those in fifth grade um yeah definitely got really into them it was funny though because i remember when the hunger games became super huge when we were in, like in the fifth grade 2020 like 2012 2011 whatever that year was um, yeah, i don't remember yeah i just remember i feel like it's 2012 wait wait 2012 Okay. 2011? Uh, 2011? Anyways, whenever, like, early 2000s, 2010s core, fully, like, Hunger Games, like, was upon us. I remember, like, my, so, again, my best friend, Josie, growing up, she read the book and loved it, and her and her mom were, like, Casey, you're such a big reader, you have to read the Hunger Games, and I've always been like this, and I know it's, like, really annoying, I mean, to admit, but I'm going to admit, I grew up being that girl that was, like, oh, it's popular, then I'm not going to like it. Like, when One Direction Mm -hmm. was huge, I was, like, I don't like Harry Styles. I do like Harry Styles. No one comes to me. <laughs> at the time. I was like, mm, no, I'm going to like five sauce. I'm different and like alternative mm-hmm. direction. Yeah. Cause I was stuck up and, and like annoying. Um, so yeah, I was like, no, it's so popular. Like I don't want to become like super into it, whatever. And mm-hmm. then I thought, like, Josie was like, no, you actually have to read it. And so she gave me her book to borrow. And I just like read it for like an entire weekend. Like I remember we had a sleepover that night and she's like, I'm not going, like we're not watching the movie that whatever we picked out until you read the first chapter. So we like, and she was like, I think she was reading the second book and I had her first book and I was just like, oh my God, this is so good. And we just did a reading. Like it was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I loved the second book the most, Catching Fire. I thought the fact that like the arena was a clock was literally ingenious i was like i just remember sitting in fifth grade with the book in my lap i think it might have been during free read but i definitely had moments where my teacher yelled at me for reading and i it was just like tiktok it's a clock and i was like oh my god (laughs) like this is so brilliant also like i just Mm -hmm. have a fascination with clocks um i collect broken clocks for those who don't know (laughs) i love the concept of time i mean as a young fifth grader i didn't really realize i had a fascination with time but now i can verbalize that i definitely do so I love that mm-hmm. grade. Um, Divergent, I like appreciated, but I thought, I think Divergent actually came out first. I have to check the publication date. I'm pretty sure Divergent came out first before Hunger Games, but I read Hunger Games first, kind of like everyone else did. And I just thought the Divergent oh, really? was copying Susan Collins. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like annoyed, but it was still good. And then the movie, they didn't even finish the franchise because the last movie did so bad in the box office. So because they changed one of the a pivotal part that you cannot change. Yeah. I understand that a movie cannot be exactly like a book, but it was yeah. just too different. Well, it's really crazy. Most authors actually have little to no say in their adaptation because they sign their rights just to so sad. the movie is ad- adapted. And it's only, it's like very rare sometimes if it's a TV show, they have like, 
I don't know when it used to not be on streaming services. Now it's like even worse, but before they would like see how the pilot episode goes. And if it goes well, then like the author would have more of a say, but it kind of depends on like the reviews of the customer. I don't know. The mm-hmm. whole like, movie book franchise, it's just a doggy dog world out there is basically where I'm getting at. But yeah, <laughs> I remember my good friend, Avery in elementary school, we were always like the avid readers, like during free read Fridays, like loved literature class and all the things. And she loved this like series called, champion and i was like no like i was kind of making fun of her for it because it was kind of like hunger games but like not very like dystopian um but it's kind of it's really interesting now looking back on it because books like the hunger games and divergent are very much for like a white readership and written by like white authors but mary lou reading champion it was really interesting to read it as like a sixth grader i think i was um because she's asian and the like the entire like cast I guess of characters are all Asian so it was really mm-hmm. to, like read her character descriptions because I mean being white myself I grew up in like this like white bubble and like I recognized that privilege but I really enjoyed kind of getting that whole new world building from a different author and now like, I, like in college now I really have enjoyed like branching out of and like even in high school I did it, like my school did a better job of like other writers that aren't just like the white male but I know like Susanna Collins and stuff are not male but typically yeah. like classics you think of like classics and quotes from American literature are like white males so it was nice to have mm-hmm. I really appreciate and try to like really make sure my reading is diverse because that's really important to me but I also during this time was really into Wattpad I also read after. I don't know what, I don't remember even how I found Wattpad. I don't even know. Like I was trying to think of that. I, cause I don't, I don't remember having friends that were also reading it. I remember like not telling anyone that I was reading it. So yeah. I have no idea I how I, I did not have Tumblr as a kid. So I don't know how I found it. It was also no, me app, Cause I remember like scrolling online, like mm-hmm. I read after I read a lot of like teenage, I didn't read, I never read Twilight, but it was like wolf vampire smut things going on yeah <laughs> i read a lot of five sauce um fan fiction and that's like when i actually started talking about it because my friends in like seventh grade were also like super into like one direction or five sauce and they were talking about fan fiction so i was like okay it's so, like what pad also <laughs> i don't know who the author is um i'll link all the books that we're talking about in the show notes with the author name but the girl who wrote After, I remember talking about it to my mom so much about the After series because I loved it, even though it's like the most toxic relationship and no <laughs> fifth grader or sixth grader should be reading this and like idolizing it. That's a sidebar. But my mom saw it when it was published in Barnes and Noble and she bought me the like physical <laughs> printed version. And I remember sitting on family vacation, like reading After and being like, haha, my parents have no idea that this is like literally so like steam yeah I mean, yeah like a lot of sex and stuff but now I think it's funny because sometimes I do read I mean you more so read more romantic stuff than me but mm-hmm. if, but it's just so funny because I'm like that's mo- like yeah like I don't know obviously after didn't have the same connotation as like 50 shades of gray but I was like I don't know I thought I was like getting away with something but it's it kind of yeah. feels that way a little bit if no one really knows what kind of is going in between the pages but yeah, that was my Wattpad series era, like fifth through seventh grade. It's a very pivotal, monumental point in a lot of um, yeah, girls' child. Yeah, Wattpad was definitely like a moment. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So my next one is kind of not just a single book, but I did Nicholas Sparks' 
as an author. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to choose a book, I think it would be A Walk to Remember. But yeah, I've never read the book, but the movie, oh my gosh. Heartbreaking. Yeah. So yeah, and I the reason I put this is because I don't remember when I started getting Nicholas Sparks. I think my mom would read it. So then I would read some of them that she like had on her bookshelf. Yeah. Um, and I think it really got me into the romance genre but also i remember reading it and telling my other like friends about it and they're like how do you read that like half the time um it doesn't have a happy ending mm-hmm. but i kind of like that or how it was at least a more emotional and it wasn't always super um unrealistic or i think i just love the emotional aspect where you really just like went through a roller coaster with your emotions which i now that's something i really love in books um currently reading but yeah i just I like crying. That sounds so bad. <laughs> Cut no, that. <laughs> no, that was good. That was real. <laughs> um, I just feel like cry. you get connected to the characters and you really just go through their stories with them. And Nicholas Sparks is another one of the authors that to this day, if I see he released a new book, I will buy it without reading about it and I will read it. And I don't always love like it's probably three, four star reads for a lot of the newer ones that he's released, mm-hmm. but I just can't from reading everyone. He like I have a my bookshelf has probably like two of Nicholas Sparks books. So I own every single book he has published. Yeah, I think he's like one of those writers. Like oh god, who's the guy that? Oh, um, Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen mm, King yeah. and Nicholas Sparks are very much those like big name authors. Like. I don't even know if they have a literary, I mean, they probably do have literary agents and I don't want to speak for them, but I bet they have some kind of crazy publication deal, but it's basically like, whatever it is. I mean, like, I remember talking about my publishing classes about how like Stephen King can basically write whatever he wants. Cause he's so like grandfathered mm-hmm. into like the publishing houses and they just yeah. know by his name, it doesn't have to be good that people are going to buy mm-hmm. it. So like he can write literally whatever and people like same with Nicholas Sparks, um, yeah. which, like, kind of iconic that you got to that level, but you know. But it's not like they have to like write it by a certain, I mean, they probably do have a little, they maybe have a contract where they have to write by a certain, but I bet it's like the publication house has no saying what they're writing because they're just such big names that they really can read and write whatever. The next I put like high school. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually was just thinking of this right now. Um, So like freshman year, we did like classic literature. So I did like, we read like the Odyssey and stuff, Mm -hmm. like the Iliad and like, Ugh, it was a long one, but then in, in my sophomore year, we did like feministic literature and we read the Penelope ad, which was like the Odyssey from um, Homer. Yeah. Homer's wife, Penelope's like her version of the story. Really interesting. Really enjoyed that. But that was really cool because I'd never really seen, I don't know, like that kind of like lens, which I really enjoy. Then of course, like I read The Catch in the Rye, The um, Great Gatsby. Love those like classic Really like those, mm-hmm. like those. I re- immediately thought of. Um, I know I've talked to, about Great Gatsby so much, um, but it it definitely like just changed my life in the way that I realized I wanted to be a writer, and that'll always be with me. And so I can't like ignore that. Um, it just made yeah. me realize that this was. I don't know why it was like Fitzgerald that made me think of it. Like, oh my gosh, anyone can write a book because I had been reading ever since I could remember. But it was just this moment. I think it was because my teacher had us like. I don't know, Fitzgerald's super good at writing setting um, and mm-hmm. personified setting. And my instructor at the time gave us an assignment where we had to write 
kind of how Fitzgerald writes, um, but with setting and that was her assignment. And it was just like more creative free form. And I loved that. Um, I was also like getting into poetry at the time. And so, yeah, I was just like, okay, I want to be like, if Fitzgerald could do this, like I could do it. Um, yeah. So it's like I would be a writer. So yeah, that was definitely monumental in high school. Mm-hmm. Way more That's like, I kind of like what you were saying, kind of, I hate to say that I pulled away from reading for fun, but I definitely did. It wasn't until like college, Mm -hmm. high school, I was just so busy with like sports, but I also just was like, oh, that's weird because whoever made me weird is annoying. But in my brain, I thought it was weird, which is annoying and Mm -hmm. sad, but it did happen. Uh, It's definitely not weird. Please keep reading. Um, As I say, after like going on a tangent about my ghost era, (laughs) (laughs) the weird things I did, but like they made me who I am and it's more fun that way. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely started I, high school like assignments, but now I read mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Obviously, even post grad. So, what were you saying? Yeah, I think I just went through so many different phases of like end of elementary school, middle school, loved reading, mm-hmm. and then I think getting into high school, I got out of it because the whole like what you were saying, like oh, reading's weird. I don't want to be telly or if I did read I didn't tell anyone like I would never talk about that part with about me or I'd never go into class or like with other people and show myself reading a book it was always when I was just like at home yeah it was also like for me I think that perception of like in quotes reading is nerdy that I didn't yes which I think is weird because I feel like now it's like cool to be a nerd because it's like oh you're smart and I'd rather be smart I don't know but it was just that kind of like, oh, like, and it was also just, I had so many perceptions and what I thought would be high school and what high school wasn't and not the same time it was. It was just a really weird mm-hmm. time for me. So I was just really aware of social norms and social cues in that regard. So I just like didn't really read like I used to. Like I used to bring yeah. up, you know, to school with me every day in like sixth through eighth grade and then high school, mm-hmm. I stopped doing that. No, so. I agree. I definitely didn't want to be known as a nerd, even though I was literally the valedictorian so it came across that way too but I think yes that part was um important to me but I didn't want to have any more nerd aspects than already needed to be so didn't talk about reading kind of stopped reading until like I said like Harry Potter and then I think it kind of started again getting to college I didn't read as much until COVID I was Mm -hmm. like what am I supposed to do when I'm sitting at home all day that's when like I got into reading and I've been obsessed ever since like Good. the longest streak of hobbyness and <laughs> it's that. definitely I I just um embrace the nerdiness I think it's fun me too and I, I don't think also, it's anything to be embarrassed about true so true it's also like I I love it now I'm like oh I'm cooler than you I'm reading like, I don't have to be on my phone I can just bring a book yeah I'm I agree now I'm like it it makes me higher <laughs> which is kind of annoying I also think with book talk blowing up or tiktok and then book talk within that true. um that like also normalized reading because so many people are starting to get into it and making it less weird hate well, to say it but like overall like, many, like quote bookworm nerds are out there like they were always existing yeah. they, we were given this platform that made it more like normal and then mm-hmm. I think now it gave more people like I think everyone at some point I think loved to read and it's just tapping mm-hmm. back into that like adventure and I think I really enjoy it because I want to be off my phone and it's mm-hmm. a way to like explore that creativity and like child nature that I have but doing something that's like entertainment but I'm not staring at the screen because we're staying on our screens all the time <laughs> yeah no I agree I'm but just so glad kidding. it has a better um, conversation around it. I agree. It's not perceived as weird. Yeah, no, no. And you definitely inspired me to read more because 
I was reading, like I enjoyed reading again in college and did read more and during COVID, but I just didn't make the time for it because I was already reading so much for my classes. Mm-hmm. And when we went to Scotland, I was like, oh my gosh, I miss reading like so much. And I'd been trying like so hard to get back into reading. Like I got a public library card because I figured, oh, having a due date would like make me read more, which that did help a lot, like in my sophomore and junior year. But when I met yeah. in Scotland, it was like, I also didn't really do homework in Scotland. <laughs> did anyone? A bit different. <laughs> so I had yeah. my hands and it was like travel, you know, on the plane or on the train I wanted to read. So, and then when I came back to the States after studying abroad, I really made sure I prioritized reading and still do to this day. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, my last book yes. of books that changed my life is Forever Interrupted by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm-hmm. Because, so the book is by Taylor Jenkins Reid, who is one of now my current favorite author. And it's a romance, kind of goes back and forth between past and present of um, a girl getting to know her soon-to-be fiance and then he unexpectedly is killed and then her recovering and going through the grief of that and um working through that yeah but the reason i put it on this list because i loved the book and the um, plot but also the main character eloise is a librarian and she's the librarian at a public library and I've read other books where the main character is a librarian, and I always just think, oh, that's so cool. You're just surrounded by books all day. And I know there's more to it than just being yeah. surrounded by books, but I just always thought that was so cool. And then I remember I was reading it December of 2022, which is when I knew, okay, I am actually admitting I do not want to be pre-med and go to medical school, but I didn't know what to do instead. And I just, I it's so vivid, like I remember laying in bed at night reading it and thinking, oh my gosh, like, what if I become a librarian? But what if it's more than just like working at a public library Mm -hmm. and I could specialize in some sort of medical aspect? And then not knowing it was a legit profession, Googled medical librarian and how all these like job postings pop up and like, what is it? Job descriptions. And just went on like a deep dive of, oh my gosh, this could be my future career. Mm -hmm. So that definitely changed my life, that book, and it will forever be one of my favorite books because it sparked that profession that I'm now going into. Mm -hmm. And I also just love Taylor Jacobs Reid, and she is also an author that I'll always pick up the book without reading the back cover. Amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. I remember you talking to me about that. Yeah. Um, My last era, yes, of reading, I just did like college. Mm -hmm. Um, Freshman year, I took a class called Pack with the Devil. It was a general <laughs> Russian literature class and it was phenomenal. It was really cool. My teacher was from Russia, so that was really cool just because she had the more cultural aspect. Um, mm-hmm. But we read like stories about the Pact of the Devil and we read Paradise Lost by John Milton, which is an epic poem mm-hmm. about the fall of Adam and Eve. And but John Milton personifies the devil, and it was really interesting because again, like I mentioned earlier, I went to Catholic elementary school, middle school, and high school. So I've only had that outlook of Catholicism, which isn't a bad thing, but as I've grown up, I've kind of questioned my upbringing a little bit more and then going mm-hmm. to reading something that wasn't through like the religious lens, but like more so like a literature um, 
lens was really interesting because I had heard the story of Adam and Eve, you know, since I was like six years old, but then it was this Mm -hmm. whole perspective. And then they read Frankenstein by Mary Shelley and one of the books, the creature like, so Frankenstein um, is the doctor who creates the creature. And that's like the Frankenstein monster that we know today, but the creature actually, one of the books he reads is paradise lost because talking about how like Frankenstein, the doctor who created the creature is kind of like, becoming God by creating this creature and how like um, he didn't want anything to do with the creature. And then the creature feels that shame that Adam feels for like betraying God by eating the fruit, but all the things. So I thought that was super cool. And that, I don't know, the only reason we read paradise lost and like, there was so much like wisdom and stuff. And and it was the first, I mean, I read the the Odyssey, but this was the first like epic poem that I was like, like I like paradise lost is a staple on my bookshelf. I love it so Mm -hmm. much. And, but it was just so much more beneficial to read it within that like educational context where my professor was really like line by line, like, let's break this down. Like what is John Milton saying? And then doing the callback with Frankenstein and like Mary Shelley, super cool. Mm -hmm. I wrote this like whole paper on it. I loved, you know, analytical writing and things. So that was super fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Like college books, but like for fun, some of the books that like altered my brain chemistry, definitely Normal People by Sally Rooney. I that like I need to reread it for sure it's been on my list to reread but I read it for the first time last summer and I think I read it in at least like two days I Mm -hmm. finish I was mesmerized by it it was heartbreaking Mm -hmm. it was like eye-opening it made me feel like I was understood in weird ways just because it's so much about like I think today's culture and dating and how unnerving dating life has gotten I think because it's Mm -hmm. like not necessarily respectful on either party who is participating in dating because like whether you're identify as male or female like it's always some type of mind game I think now instead of I think I don't know if dating was always you know 100% correct in the regard that people you know are respectful and take the time to like really define what it is but just that like gray area is so common Mm -hmm. now like are we even talking what's the talking stage are we dating are we official are we exclusive all these things they don't even and it's just that like constant that oh they like me or they don't like me it's that common and like bait and switch that's like so popular and very disarming Mm -hmm. so really enjoyed that book um thought it was really really emotional and then the book that definitely changed my life that I read this year was The Second Sex by Simone de Beauvoir every person who Mm -hmm. identifies as a female has to read this book it changed my life literally forever she's so for people who don't know who Simone de Beauvoir is she's like one of the most influential French women in the feminist movement in France and she's just probably the coolest person ever (laughs) um (laughs) who I literally adore I'm gonna try to pull up my quote from the book that I want to read um so Simone de Beauvoir talks about women as like the myth so she writes It is always difficult to describe a myth. The object fluctuates so much and is so contradictory that is the unity um, is not first discerned. Woman is both Eve and the Virgin Mary. She's an idol, a servant, a source of life, a power of darkness. She is the elementary silence of truth. She is the artifice, gossip and lies. She is a medicine woman and witch. She is man's prey. She is his downfall. She is everything he is not and wants to have. And I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely like changed my entire outlook on being a woman. Five stars. (laughs) Um, I said, 
Every person who is a feminist or identifies with being a woman needs to read this book. It's utterly fascinating, and I also think de Beauvoir's ability to put it into words so it makes it so impactful. When reading, I felt like I've had some of these thoughts before, but never granted the space to explore them or never took the time to develop the correct verbiage to enunciate my feelings and experiences of being a woman. But now I'm read in reading this book, I feel my femininity is at its forefront and my mind and identity so much more than before. I feel like I've been giving a, given a textbook of how to express myself and my femininity, and I could not thank De Beauvoir enough for that. It took me a full month to read because it is like 800 pages. <laughs> So definitely yeah. take your time. Um, but it was so cool. It talks about like all of the different aspects of being a woman, like from girlhood to adulthood, men- like menstruation. Per- um, it's just like like before birth, after birth, all the things like, that a woman needs. It really gives that whole like Barbie speech, the monologue, but the full book yeah. like, just is that monologue. And it's so impactful. Oh my gosh. I... Yeah, that will be living with me for the rest of my life. And it's like my feminist manifesto for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, have to read it. Yeah, I like really think everyone should. I took, it definitely took, like, I was reading things while I was reading it just because it was mm-hmm. just, like, literally reading a textbook on like being a woman. Um, but I really think everyone should read it, especially if you like enjoyed the Barbie movie. I'm going to piggyback off that. And if you enjoyed that, you definitely should and like would love the second sex, especially like, because Simone de Beauvoir is such a like was such a like uh, an advocate for feminine rights and like women's history in France, and she sparked a lot of like things for Americans. So she's just honestly my hero. So also yeah. her life partner was um, my favorite philosopher Jean Paul Sartre. So you know they come and go together. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that is my all of the books that have impacted me for my entire history thus far so pretty good this is great also like making this list I went through my goodreads and was looking at um different bookshelves I made of like each year I have a favorites bookshelf they're like favorites of all times and just looking at all the books I read these past few years so it was great to just also revisit all those and be like oh I remember that book it was so lovely I know yeah that's so true I just love like really each book is its own adventure it's really like what a what a like I don't know gift it is to be able to read. That's just like what made me think of when I again started reading with Magic Treehouse, and just like the sense of freedom that like I can read, and I can read all of these different books as long as they're translated to English. Um, mm-hmm. How much of a world that opens, and then it made me think of like oh I want to like when I become fluent in French, I want to like there's that that opens a whole other library of books I could read that aren't translated to English, and yeah. there's so many like people as in characters to meet and to love and to explore. And I know that like mm-hmm. when I listen back on this, when maybe I'm like 40 or 60 years old, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I like this book changed my life forever. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just yeah. cultivating in my own personal library as I read each book. And that's just its own beautiful gift in its own fourth mm-hmm. right? So it's just, I also can find it overwhelming to think about how many books there are out there and just coming to the um, conclusion that I will never be able to read every book I want to read because that's just impossible, which you can just go down a rabbit hole and like of thinking about that. But it's also kind of beautiful too. There's so many that you really just have to choose which ones Mm -hmm. speak to you the most that you want to read. Well, that's why I really love a lot of like my favorite, like I, one of my love languages of how I show love is gift giving. And I really love reading. I ask people what their favorite book is 
kind of not like right before their birthday, like a random time. And then I buy the book and I read it and annotate it for them. But it like truly shows the person on a deeper level. It's like this book spoke to their soul and it's their favorite book. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm reading it and it feels like I'm reading a version of their soul like that. Like it feels like I'm holding a piece of them because I really am between these pages just resonates so much with them. I mean, I remember reading my mom's favorite book that was called The Shadow of the Wind. And it's this beautiful love story, um, but just super interesting. And like within the book, um, it's this like young boy and his father in Spain and his father owns um, a bookstore, but he also has this like segment called like the Cemetery Forgotten Books. And it's his job as like a book taker to make sure the books aren't forgotten. And some of the characters within the forgotten books that like, come to life in this like Spanish, like kind of fantasy Mm-hmm. I but it's like gothic at the same time and it was so interesting because I was like oh my gosh this is like not I felt like I got to know my mom in a different depth like a deeper level I didn't know she enjoyed that book that much so yeah I really enjoy doing that because it is overwhelming to think of how many books I won't be able to read <laughs> um yeah. but reading my like people that are super important to me their favorite books because they're definitely books I wouldn't read or pick up on a normal day very mm-hmm. important to me and also make sure that make it also make sure no and also like I don't know what I'm trying to say but I just like make sure that I like read all the books that are important to the most people most important people in my life so yeah I love that I've definitely um since we've become friends I've like expanded the books that there's so many books that I would have never even looked at Mm -hmm. but I've read and enjoyed just because you recommended them so I definitely agree with that thank you well thank you so much everyone for listening for our next our second reading episode um next week we have a fun guest coming on so it'll be fun to like look look up for (laughs) i look out for our next lifestyle episode but yeah thank you so much for listening i'll link both katie and i's um goodreads and instagrams in the show notes as usual as well as for the plots tiktok and instagram at ftp x podcast on both platforms to follow us along and see all the book recommendations and all the things and we'll also post uh, the, say the Hunger Games, Harry Potter, and um, Scottish, and in oh yes, and test your Scottish. <laughs> See if you can read it and understand what's happening. Right, exactly. But yeah, thank you again so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, bye. Okay, I am recording.